Grace Point Revealed Podcast, episode number four. Boy, oh boy. You know, this show every week gets a little bit better, a little bit more mysterious. They throw new things at us each week, and this week, no different. Tom is acting more suspicious. Vince is acting more suspicious. Mark is keeping secrets. Clint's seagull impersonation hasn't gotten any better. I'm going to work on it. It's a good week. It is a good it week. It is a great week. In Grace Point. It is. And uh, I can't wait to talk about this episode, man. Episode four of Grace Point. Welcome to Grace Point Revealed Podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Clint. And as I said, your uh, seagull impersonation hasn't gotten any better. You know what else hasn't gotten any better? And I hate to start. Uh, your mom's cooking? The the show on a, on a, on a Debbie Downer note. Or a Daryl Downer note, <laughs> as the case may be. <laughs> Get it? Because your name is Daryl, and it was the opposite. I of asked Debbie. you not to reveal my secret identity. Okay, so the music. Our, yeah. I, I hear our music, and it reminds me the music at Grace Point is not that good. I I like the music in Grace Point. I don't like it at all. To me, it's fitting. Like I said last week, it's not exciting. It's just kind of. It's too. They're talking about a 12-year-old boy who has died. Do you want them to be like, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies? No, I want them to be like, That's what you want? Would you listen to that? I want it to be like dramatic and like intense. Like the show is. There's tents on the beach. What more do you want? There's three of them. That's not funny. <laughs> All right. All right. I well, want it to be like fiery, like the boat. Oh. The last scene of the show. You can't talk about the boat yet. <laughs> I snuck it in there and now you can't edit it out. All right. Fine, fine, fine. Well, this episode, episode four of Grace Point. Written by uh, Anya Epstein and Dan Futterman. Yes. Same as last week, I believe. SOS Correcto. And directed by James, James Strong. Strong. Yeah, he's directed three of the episodes so far. That's correct. Uh, since I see you are just now putting in your episode rating, I will go ahead and give mine, which was 8.5 dock workers. And Barb, she called in and gave 7.5 reverse phone lookups. I gave this episode 7.5 stolen cross pond puzzles. Cross pond puzzles? Cross pond. Think about it. Like Amy Pond? Okay. Getting closer. And David Tennant was in Doctor Who too, but not with her. That's right. But but where was that show shown? Uh, In the UK. Okay, which is across the... Uh, Atlantic Ocean. Also known as the... Second largest ocean on the planet Earth? The pond, Daryl. Across the pond. It's not a pond, Clint. That's what it's they an say. ocean. That's, Who says that? That's that's the phrase. They have no concept the of what a pond is. Get in on comparison. Google. <laughs> I want you to bing this right now. <laughs> you, to bing. you want me to bing Bing Google? the phrase across the pond. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Do you want me to no. Google bing or no, no, bing no, no, Google? No, no, no. no, no, no. Get on DuckDuckGo and bing 
across the pond right now and tell me what comes up. I know it will come up because I'm familiar with the phrase. As nonsensical as, as it is. All right. This so, is going to be a so, fun podcast. Yes. I can tell so already. stolen cross pond puzzles because uh-huh. the show was stolen brought across from Broadchurch and brought across the pond and it's a puzzle. Okay. So but we, also Danny stole a crossword puzzle. He did. Hence the double entendre. Wow. That was a rating. lot of work. Let's talk about stealing the show from across the pond because here we are four episodes in. This is about the time. Didn't they say four or five episodes is where the stories were of Grace Point and Broadchurch were going to take a a, a a bigger turn? So what can you tell us on that? Yeah, we got a little bit of divergence last week. Uh-huh. This week was, I can't say completely different, but we'll just say last week was 90% the same. Okay. This week was probably 30% the same. Wow. So big difference then. Yeah. I like that. All right. We're getting there. Yes. So this this week for me felt new and Uh somewhat refreshing. Yeah. It wasn't like rehash of all the exact same scenes. Yeah. So, and even the scenes that were close, they were painted a lot more in broad strokes rather than line for line. You mean broad church? Replicant. Uh, so I see, see what, what I did, did there. there. Yeah. It's going to be a fun <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. I'm glad for you, for you, because, uh, you, I would imagine you would want these shows to be different at some point so you can participate at the same level that I'm getting to. That's right. In. So you'll see that my, uh, what do we call it? Suspect list. Yeah. Changed dramatically this week. Good for you. Yeah. So mine changed significantly too. Not as dramatically. One 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 person in my poll made a huge move. Okay. And I have a new number one. I also have a new number one. Mm -hmm. Went from went from unrated to number one. Whoa. Kind of like Mississippi State did a couple of weeks ago. And they're going to be back to unrated next week. No, No, that's not true. Is is still. Oh, sorry. Yep. I got the Mississippi schools confused. That's right. Now, so you're saying that this person was not on the poll a week ago. They were not even on the poll a week ago. And now they're number one on your poll. Yes. And I will say this too, Daryl. Okay. It's not who you think it is. Ooh. I can't wait. The plot thickens. Yes, it does. I think we need some dramatic music. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> oh, that was good. <clears throat> okay, right, on that right. note, let's. You know what I want to do? The cliffhanger for last week, and the and the Twitter poll question for last week. The 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 GP Twit question was, who does the phone number belong to that they found in Danny's jacket? And Jenkins one hundred rose uh, tweeted us. And, and responded that it would belong to the hiker and ding, 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 ding. She got it right. Good job. Rose. What does she win? She wins a complimentary download of this podcast episode <laughs> for free for free. No way. Yes, that's right. In no. fact, I tell you what, Rose, I will throw in the rest of the season for free as well. I'm a generous guy. Daryl. I know we have our profits to consider. I, well, Throw them out the window. Good job, Rose. So Lars Pearson, we now have a name. Hey, speaking of profits, mm-hmm. what'd you think of Raymond Carter this week? <laughs> get it, get it what I did there? You mean Raymond Connolly? Raymond Connolly, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. 
And it's a good thing we're not recording this or else people could rewind and hear that. Well, I mean, uh, they will mishear. You won't have misspoke. They right. will have misheard. Right. And they'll mishear it every time. That's right. It's the weirdest thing with the, it's the headphones that you're wearing probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You should have got beats. Yeah. Do you want to get into that already? You want to get into nah. it? Yeah. Should we start with, gosh, where do we start with this? We can, Daryl, we did a good job of laying this out in, mm-hmm. in, as Dr. Dre would say, chronic logical order. Mm-hmm. Wow. You went from Dre, you went from beats to then just Dre. See, See what yeah. I did there? Yeah. There's all kinds of hidden meetings in this podcast. Wow. All right. Okay. So, so let's do that. We'll let's start, just walk through the episode. Start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. All right. Dean, well, they had the police meeting, uh, and then they, they all go after Dean. And we used to learn, or we, we learned, excuse me, that Dean uh, works on the docks. Are they the boondocks? No, but apparently they haven't gone on strike, the union. So he's not, he's a little bit down on his luck, but not as much as the reporter from the uh, Grace Point Journal. Are, they, are, are him and Chloe holding on to what they've got? I think they have to. Well, you know they've got each other. Yeah. I'd, it won't make a difference. That's a lot, though. It's a lot for love. They should give it a shot. Yeah. Worst podcast <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so for the three of you that download the podcast every week, you're getting, mm-hmm. you're getting rare. This is, this is what's happening. Form. People are either yelling at us, telling us to get with it already. People are getting stared at on their subway trains because they're laughing so hard. Yes. And people are staring at them going, what are they listening to that's so <laughs> what funny? What is going on? Or they're just driving themselves off the cliff to put themselves right. out of their, their listening they're, misery. They're facepalming so hard, their vision is blurred. Yeah. They're driving themselves off a cliff. Right. Just like I'm in Grace Point. What? Okay. Moving on. So they go to visit him at the docks. Yes. He's a dummy. He takes off running. Why? Why did he run? Well, I mean, he has been engaged in some criminal activity. As as he and his buddy mentioned, it was only one gram of cocaine once. Once. Everybody one gram. is like Gemma a few weeks ago. Just one gram Chloe, of cocaine. Everyone is like, it's just one. And if he tells you anything different, I want to know. Just one gram of cocaine. Schedule one narcotic that's a felony to hold in the state of California. Right. People get long prison sentences for, but just one gram, it's all, yeah. it's all good. Do you believe him it's just one time? Mm, yeah. I guess you kind of have to take it piece by piece. You have Gemma, Chloe, Dean, and Doc Boy, whose name I can't recall, each saying remember. it's just one time. I don't believe Doc Boy at all. I don't think it was one time for him. No, I don't either. Uh, the others, I'm not. I'm not sure about. You know, here's my theory. This is a crazy theory. I think Dean's uncle is up to no good. Dean's uncle. Yeah, Dean's uncle is. You know, he was worried about his uncle finding out. Remember in episode one. Yep. And then you know he's worried about the police. Dean said he was going to get in a lot of trouble if the police came around. Yep. Dean's uncle. He's running a, quote, restaurant. Sounds like he's into some shenanigans to me. Okay. And I think that Dean actually got the cocaine from the uncle and that Doc Boy just... He's like a fall fall guy? He's just like... He's kind of like Vince with Mark. When Mark said, hey, Vince, can you cover for me since I was cheating on my wife? Uh-huh. Dean's like, 
hey, doc boy, can you cover for me since my uncle is a drug dealer? Uh-huh. You know what? I kind of like that, Clint. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. I could I could go for that. All right. I could go for that. Oh, yes, can do. See, it doesn't sound the same. It just doesn't flow as well. No, it doesn't. Yes, no. can do. doesn't work. I'll tell you this, though. He started to get into a boat, a little boat. Uh, Dean we're talking about here. He's on a boat. And I took notice of that when I rewatched the episode. Not the same boat Different that was boat. Bur- burning at the end. Definitely. It was a motorboat. The the burning boat was a wooden plank boat. That's right. This was a fiberglass boat. That's correct. Yeah. Right. So not, not the same not boat. Not the same boat. In case any of you are wondering. Now, we've talked a lot about Ellie and her police skills. Not always doing things by the book. Yes. Another clear example of that this week. Quote yeah. unquote interviewing chloe in the locker room not another, re- another police officer walks by Shh. really yeah right yeah it's not being recorded it's right. not an official interview but she did, i will give her credit she did ask tougher questions she did and she didn't let chloe get away with anything she didn't try to answer chloe's questions for her right where were you on the night of danny's murder probably at the hotel, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, but still, not not good work. No. no. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So, moving on from that interview, we see Carver blocking. He, it was like Hawaii Five O, right? He pulls up, mm-hmm. slams on the brakes, almost Dukes of Hazard the car, mm-hmm. like pops out while it's still moving. So he confronts Susan about giving Mark the keys Mm -hmm. and says that Mark took a check from her. So Susan lying? Is Mark lying? Is is Carver lying? Yeah, well, Carver, I don't think, has seen proof of the check. I think that, I think Carver's just being a good cop. He's just bluffing, I guess you could say, just to try to get a reaction out of of, uh, Susan. You know, she might, if... She make cave and say something at that point that he wouldn't have otherwise known. But well, did, right? she, did, did I miss something? Did did Mark present a, a receipt or a check or something? No, physical. No, we didn't see it. But my assumption is that he did. Okay, that's my assumption. Well, if he did, that's significant though, and because it 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 squarely puts Susan into the lying game, which we know that she's a liar. Right. There's no question about that. But when it came about the pipe, there was still some discussion on which one of them was lying. Right. So if they, if Mark has produced a receipt, then that, that removes at least that element. Well, I think we got him. confirmation of that. That Susan was lying just by her reaction. Her reaction. Yeah. I agree. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, she still didn't, you know, she's still just playing it low key, yeah. but she didn't confess or yeah. Anything. She so, is, yeah, I she's such an odd. She is an bird. odd duck. Yeah, yeah, more like an odd chicken. Yes, who snaps the necks of other chickens? Yeah, that's a little, little, little unsettling. Lots of unsettling scenes in this week's episode. Yeah, you know, she started out as my number one prime suspect, and she's continued to to fall down the ranks. She fell down a little bit more this week. As odd as she is, and is. is suspicious things that she's doing and saying i just i don't think it's her i do feel like they're drawing too much attention to her now for me to really suspect that she is the killer okay she okay we had the scene here though with um vince with her and vince which was odd and she and, and he says something like i'm 
I'm surviving, right? Yeah. And she said something like... Says, At first I was afraid, I was <laughs> petrified. I thought that I could never fix this plumbing by your side. But now... Okay, I won't know what to do. <laughs> Good. Sorry. I don't remember. He, he said something about surviving or, or something. That yeah, I'll said. live. She said, you need to eat. He yeah, said, he says, said, I'll live. I'll That's live. exactly yeah. what it was. Yes. And then she snarked back something like, like we need, we need to address this. Come over for dinner. Yeah. But when he says, I'll live, yeah. she said something like, will you or... or Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. which my first watch, I didn't think anything of it. Then my second watch, I'm like, oh, will you survive? Will you live? Or will I kill you too? And I got it as like, maybe Vince is the killer and she knows it because she saw it. She's got the skateboard. Mm-hmm. She might be blackmailing Vince. It's a possibility. And he, she knows that he could get the death penalty. <laughs> wow, you read a lot into that. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I still don't think it's her. She's a weirdo. She probably knows who the killer is. Maybe it's Vince. Maybe it's not. So but I don't think it's her. Vince is numero four on your list. It's pretty uh, high up there. It's pretty high up. And she is all the way down to seven now. That's right. Oh, and, so she took a big jump. Yeah. Remember, uh, 13 and under for me. It's crossed off. It's crossed off. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, there's some, there's some names I definitely would not have crossed off this list. Well, you're just not as insightful as I am. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Did we'll you read see. anything else? Do you think that he Vince is the killer? Do you think? No, that- I mean, there's obviously something there. Yeah. To me, it felt like misdirection. Me too. It felt like. There's something going on between them. She's blackmailing him for something uh-huh. or she has a secret and, you know, she's going to milk it. She knows something that he mm-hmm. knows that he doesn't want other people to know. She's going to milk it. But then the dinner thing was also kind of weird. Well, she seemed pretty certain that he, he would take her threat to, to show up or not necessarily a threat, but it was. Yeah, that he would show up. Yeah. 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 And obviously he did not. He did not. She gave the dinner, but not the wine to the dog. I don't know. Some of those Northern California wines, that'd be animal cruelty. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Northern California has fantastic wines. Yeah. All right. Uh, What else? What else we got? Uh, You know what I realized we didn't, we didn't talk about when we were talking about on the the dock thing. I also just realized. Yeah. Uh, Carver almost passes out. Ellie calls him on it later on in the episode, but. Of course, someone interrupts them and they never get back around to yeah, it. Yeah, that was convenient, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It was exactly what you predicted, though. He's going to have to run, and all of a sudden, <laughs> his his pacemaker's going to kick in. Yes. It's, uh, wait. Uh, yeah. You know, at least he got to the edge where he could actually hold a gun on the guy. Right. Not that it stopped him. If that pole hadn't been there, he would have been in the water. Yeah, that's true. He would have fallen over. That's why he doesn't like water. That yeah. happened once before, and there was not a pole there to catch him. That's it was a, it was a Yugoslavian, and it, they let him go into the water. They didn't catch him, but but the pole pole did. Wow, that was a stretch, Daryl. <laughs> the three people that got that joke are are giving me a courtesy laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder if those three people align with the three people that download on the store podcast. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope that <laughs> right. Venn diagram, there's a lot of crossover. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So, so in new, no new clues for you as to what might be the ailment? No, definitely not. Um, it seems something cardiac. Cardiac-y. Cardi- cardiac-y. 
Cardiacular. It didn't look like a brain thing unless, you know, he just loses his balance or something. Uh-huh. And his blood gets pumping. Well, unless he's um, lightheaded. Could be. I'm pretty sure he's dark-headed. But. You know, I never noticed that about him. Yeah. Okay. So, Dean lies. Speaking of the docs, they catch him. Yes. Dean lies about Danny. Do you think that Dean was lying to protect himself or to protect Danny? This is a tough question because I think that... I think he's more interested in protecting himself. I don't, I don't know that he's not, I mean, you can't really protect a dead guy. If, if anything, he'd be wanting to protect Chloe and her family because of the relationship that he has with well, he them. Can. Via, That's right. He can protect the memory of Danny. Right? I don't think he cares about that. Oh, I do. I don't I'm going to th- disagree with you. I don't think that he's flippant about it. Like, oh, I don't care. I just don't think that that is his... The, the top priority is motivation. Right. Yeah. He's trying to stay out of trouble, keep his nose clean. I think he's, will. I think what Chloe said is actually true. He's a, he's a kid that's trying to make, bust out. He's trying to make it for himself. Trying, he's to, trying get, to keep his nose clean. That's right. Get into some community classes. And yeah. It's hard to keep a clean nose when you've got a gram of cocaine. It, it is because it, the cocaine will stick on there. I know. And it, it yeah. turns it white. Yeah. And then it's not clean anymore. It's dusty. Right. So... You know who got creepier by tenfold in this episode? Reverend Paul Coates. Reverend Paul Coates Crispin is... Crispin Glover. Yeah, <laughs> that is correct. Look, we've talked every week about he, how he's creepy, he's weird, he's creepy, he's weird, creepy, and creepy, and creepy. This week he kicked it up a notch That's when, right. when you weren't sure if he could. That's right. He It's like he went from double A to, to the majors. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. In creep ball. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, Clint. Yeah, look... He's cutting out Danny's picture. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But then he puts his hand on it in a really creepy way. Like, my precious. Yeah. Yeah. My precious. Okay. You know how you said when Susan and Vince were talking to each other, you felt like it was a misdirection? Yeah. I think that's what I, I still I still feel like that's what's going on with Paul too. There's one one part of me that that wants to ask you this, or, or I, I want to ask you this, and there's one part of me that thinks that this might be true. Did if he is the killer, okay, okay, did he think in his is this would this perhaps be what he was thinking that by killing Danny, he would break up Mark and Beth because he knew how fragile their relationship with or their relationship was and that then he would then be able to, you know, comfort Beth and be there for Beth and then just kind of slide on in and kind of resume any relationship they had back in the day. Mm, no, I don't think so. Do you think that that is what's happening now that it's happened? He's seeing this as a possible convenient possibility for him. I have a I have a crazy theory. Okay. That's my crazy theory based on the stroking and an offhand comment that Mark made when he and uh, Beth, Beth were talking when she wouldn't get undressed in front of him, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Said, you know, they're talking about how much he hates Paul and, you know, Danny always hated Sunday school. Right. So here's my, my crazy theory. Okay. Beth and Paul hit it off. Right. Back in the day. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. Mark That's, and Beth had a one-night stand, mm-hmm. which made Chloe. Which made Chloe. They got married. Mm-hmm. Beth never really got over the whole Paul thing. Right. She and Paul hook up. Mm-hmm. She gets pregnant with Danny. Mm. Danny is Paul's 
kid. Paul knows it. Can't tell Mark. Mark doesn't know. Mark doesn't know. And now he can't really mourn like he wants to be able to mourn. That's right. You know what, Clint? That's a really fascinating theory. Um, And I think it could be true. I don't see any reason to shoot that theory down. Uh, it's it definitely goes against Occam's Razor, but I don't think it goes against what could be going on in this. Well, show. I don't know. Just just because, yeah, sure, sure. It's creepy if he's touching Danny's face, right? In the way that he was, unless unless it's his son, yeah. And it's creepy that he's putting up the thing, and it's right for Mark to get upset, unless he's his son. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Beth made sure that he went to Sunday school to spend time with Paul at mm-hmm. least once a week kind of is just a nod that they have the secret. Yeah. And maybe Danny found out. Okay. And maybe somehow that's related to him getting killed. I don't know. I love the theory. I I really do. I don't, I don't see any reason to shoot it down as much as I would love to, because I like doing that to your theories. Yes, I know you do. Okay. What, What do you make of Raymond's line? I know how close you used to be. Oh, I thought it was a nice, it was a really nice. So when Raymond, when Paul attacks Raymond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. And that's another thing, you know, that could be seen as protecting Mm -hmm. Beth. Right. Yep. Um, I'm sorry. Just, just, I had another thought here. Mark mentioned that twice Paul has gone on TV and spoke for the family or, or how did you, how did he word it? Yeah. 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 That would make a little bit more sense as to why Paul would do that if it was his son that right. had died. Mark, again, not knowing, really realizing what he just said and right. how true that might be. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I like your theory, man. And so there's going to be, okay. you know, episode eight. Uh-huh. Beth finally says, this could happen next week, I don't know. Yeah. Beth says, you know, hey, I know about you and Jimmy, Jimmy Fisher. Well, I've got a secret of my own. Yeah. Danny wasn't your kid. Yeah. Boom. I could totally see her doing that too. Okay. Okay. So anyways. Back to Raymond here. Although I will say Beth doesn't strike me as the type that would cheat on her husband. Just based on the little bit of personality she's shown. Sure. It would seem that way, particularly since, well, not maybe not. I was going to say particularly since the way that she is, is, is clearly treating Mark based on what she knows about him. But... Maybe she's not confronting him about it because then that would possibly cause her to release her own skeleton. Yes, but I will say that if you, I, I, you know what, you've heard the phrase, it takes a fox to catch a fox. Mm -hmm. If you cheat on your spouse, I'm assuming, I've never done it, Mm -hmm. but I assume that makes you a lot more paranoid. I don't think so. I've never done it either, but I would think so. It would make you know what to look for uh-huh. for the cheating. It would make you, you know, Beth at the end of the episode, she says something like, I don't even know my own family. Right. I think if she had been the type of person that cheated, she would not think the best of everyone in her family. Okay. And this would not have come as a surprise. That's a good point. Just a thought. That's a good thought. Okay. But it is a TV show. So, right. So anyways, getting back to your, your original question <laughs> about Raymond. Had nothing to do with Beth. Yeah. Yeah, no. Raymond was very clearly saying, you very well could be the killer, in my mind, because she told Beth, or he told Beth, Uh he told Beth, it's somebody that's very close to you. Uh And 
Beth told that to Paul, it's a Raymond's way of saying, hey, you know, push me and you're going to get pushed back. Uh-huh. He says, I know how close you two used to be. Right. Yeah, it was a good line, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was nice. How does he know that? Because he's a psychic? Yeah, or maybe, you know, maybe he's from the town. I don't know. Yeah, or just what you've been always saying about him. He's good at reading people. And yeah. the priest doesn't react that way unless there's a reason. And maybe he's assuming that it used to be and, and not is. Yes. But I think it's a fair assumption. It I mean, is. Most, he, he hasn't always, he knows that Paul is from the town. Most priests aren't allowed to marry. I think that's the case here with Paul. Right. Um, Which is another another sign to me that, you know, they could never be together, right? Right. Unless it was in the past. Right. If, if they ever had a relationship, it was in the past. Right. Not to say they couldn't be having a secret relationship now, but right. I think Raymond's playing the odds. But Beth marries Mark. Mm-hmm. Paul, devastated, his only one love, married somebody else. Yep. You know, becomes a priest. They have an illicit affair. I don't know. Anyways, just a thought. Yeah, it's possible though. Okay. Okay. All right. I love what you had there with with Paul uh, possibly being the uh, the father to Danny. Good good thought there. Now, at this point in the episode, we are getting interview the interview of Dean. A lot of stuff going on here. Some of this we get inter- or answers to later on in the episode. Some of it we don't. So I want to know how much of this you buy. Okay. Uh, he says that Danny said, this is a quote, nobody knows me. Nobody has any idea what I really think. He says Danny was alone a lot. He never saw Danny with Tom. Yeah, that was an interesting line. So what do you make of all this? So nobody knows me. Nobody really knows what I think. Sounds like a teenager to me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No, Danny was a little young to be a Kind of going through that phase, I think, wasn't he? He was 12, 11, but 12. based on the actions of my uh, <laughs> <laughs> my almost 12-year-old, probably not too young to be thinking those, those things. Those kind of thoughts? Yeah. Okay. I mean... I mean, I wouldn't read anything into yeah, that. I just mean, that sounds like something 100 teenagers would say. Exactly. Right? And yeah. That's all I mean, yeah. Um, um, now, Danny being alone a lot mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. You know, he may be an introvert. Maybe. They never saw him with Tom. That's the weird thing to me. Supposedly they're hanging out all the time. Now, Tom did say that since Danny had quit the soccer team that he didn't see him as much. Right. But it is odd, you know, for somebody that's supposedly his best friend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dean was around their house a lot. I'm guessing that they they were never seen together. And, of course, Tom's acting completely shady. Oh, yes. So, So there's definitely something that went on. Yeah. Between Tom and Danny, who, who knows what it is at this point. Right. But there's right. definitely something, not necessarily nefarious, but certainly shady. Certainly shady. And I think Dean is, is in a sense, corroborating that thought. Yeah. Where they just don't know, we don't know exactly what that means. Right. I did love the line, teaching him the eighth commandment while buying cocaine. That's a great line. Wasn't that a great yes. line? Yeah. Yeah. Carver has some doozies. Doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's he got does. some good lines. Yeah, but his, uh, uh, Dean's alibi checks out. He was with his uncle, clocked in, clocked out. Do you buy the Do you buy the alibi, or is it just a convenient mm. thing like uh, Mark tried to pull with Vince? I don't know that I buy the alibi, but I I still don't think Dean did it. Okay, I buy the alibi, although I do think it's not a lock tight alibi. It's an easily forged alibi, but I'm going to buy it for now. Yeah. 
And I'll, I'll the reason I don't buy it is because I don't trust the uncle. Yeah. Do you trust Dean on a scale of one to ten? One is he he could uh, you know I, I I would let him you know house set for me while I'm out of town. One is uh, I'm not even walking on the same side of the street with this guy. Where where's he at for you? Probably a four or a three. We're talking Dean here. Yes. See, he's about a seven for me. You trust him that much? I I, th- I think he's uh, what he's saying is going to add up. I think he's he's being truthful. I I don't think he's being a hundred percent truthful. I don't I don't know that sure. he was just involved with the drugs that one time, but I I I think probably so. Um, so yeah. So do I think he killed Danny? No. Mm-hmm. Do I think he was probably a bad influence? On Danny, yes. Mm-hmm. He's sleeping with a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. He buys cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs from the cops. Mm-hmm. That seems pretty shady to me. I know it does. It seems that way. but So he might be a bad kid trying to get straight, Yeah, but he's still a bad kid. I think he's a scared kid. I think he's he's got a past he's trying to break free from and enough bad influence in his life still that he's just... he's. He could easily get caught up in something or something could get misconstrued. And I think he's just trying to avoid all that. You know, the 18 year old hanging out with a 15 year old like he's doing. He's not 18. He's 17. Almost you know, 18. When you're 17, 15, it doesn't seem that young. It's only when you're our age that, yeah. that 17 and 15 are ages that sure. don't seem like they could That's compute. True. So I don't, I don't hold that against him at all. If I was Mark, I would, I'd go out and punch him in the alley. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but as a, I don't, you know, he's a 17 year old. She's 15. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that that's in his mind. That makes him a bad kid. Okay. So why is Dean so afraid of his uncle? Do you know any thoughts? Uh, do you think his uncle is just the good authoritarian figure in his life and he's strict and trying to get him back on the right path? I don't or do you th- think he's shady. I think the uncle is shady. Shady. Uh, I don't know if he's like, a suspect or not. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even put him on my suspect list, but he's probably invo- involved with some sort of regular or organized crime. I, I liked what you, what you said earlier that, that made a whole lot of sense. So I wouldn't have said organized crime unless you said that, but cause organized crime, I think of like a mob boss, you know, yeah. where, and I think most of us would think of that when you use that phrase, but what, so what I mean by regular crime is he, he is, probably conducting himself in, in regular illegal activities in and about his business or his business is a front for those yes, illegal activities. Exactly. Not that necessarily he's a mobster, but it, you know, yeah, drug crime. running, prostitution, who, who something. Knows? Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Stolen merchandise. I don't know what it is. Something. Yeah. It definitely. Right. Agreed. Okay. So, we, we've gotten this far, not really talked about the hiker. I know we, we talked about, it, we got his name and then we just kind of left it. Yeah. So his name is Lars mm-hmm. Pearson. Pearson. Now is Pearson because he pierced Mark's son, Danny. Oh, nice. Pearson. With a large or no. So Lars uh-huh. is a name that's common in Sweden. It is. Sweden is far north. Mm-hmm. Danny got hit on the north part of his body, mm-hmm. which is his head, mm-hmm. by something piercing. So what do you think I about think, Lars Pearson? I think he's a red herring. I do too. They could call him, They should have called him Red Heron uh-huh. instead of Lars Pearson. Yeah. I, he, I think he's a complete red herring yes, too. I do too. So is he scratched off your list? 
He is, let me tell you where he is on my list. Okay. He's not scratched off. He is currently number five. He's currently number nine for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, so and, and your list is a lot shorter than mine. Well, by one. So, well, no, I mean, your list of available suspects is mm-hmm. 12. Yeah, that's true. My list of available suspects is at 17. Okay, so let it be observed at this point that Clint just revealed Lars to be at number five on his list. And earlier in this podcast, he revealed he had a new number one that was not on his list last week. That's right. And so he's just revealed, in case you were thinking, oh, well, it's the hiker. No, it's not. Not the hiker. Not the hiker. Not the hiker. So Part of that had to do with the very convincing argument we got from Linda this week. Yeah, would you like to share that? Sure. So this one comes in from Linda. Linda says the new guy, Lars, is certifiable. <laughs> Let's just stop right there. I mean, we've never even heard any conversation out of the guy. No. But based on what she's about to tell us. He's certifiable. I think so. Literally. Really. He's on Risperidol. Risperidol. This so. is an atypical antipsychotic that works in a different way than most. It is used only with schizophrenia or bipolar illness that cannot be controlled with other medications, much more common, I assume, uh, and has many side effects. This practically convinces me that it isn't him. He's weird, but not murderous. Note also that Gemma is on a common type of antidepressant, anti-anxiety med, and SSRI, which is the... It's it's a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember, can't remember. Selective? Selective serotonin? Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, I think. Oh, sure. I think. Why not? Okay. Yes. Uh, half the town is probably on Paxlor, Zoloft, or Prozac. She also admits that she's a bit impulsive and remains my choice for the killer, says yeah. Linda. Did that make her move up on your list? That is why she is now my number one. Whoa. Uh, Carrie and I were talking about the episode. Uh, well, first off, before I get into that, Linda, thank you for your insight yes. on, on, the, on the drug and, and just how... Uh, ex- exclusive that drug is. In other words, it's, it's not even on like, it sounds Uncommon. like it's, yeah. it's pretty far down on the list. You have to be a pretty bad off, bad off for them to give you that. And, and she says that murderous is, is not going to be one of his um, characteristics. So, yeah, you know, and based on, on this drug, the fact that he's a war vet mm-hmm. to me, he's a loner. He's got PTSD. PTSD. Yep. He just gets out, you know, he's trying to make a connection with people. Yeah. The only way he knows how, which is on the trail, he just sat down and had a conversation with Danny, right? Yeah. And, so. and and some people are, are that way. They they strike you as odd and uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean they're bad people. Yes. So he's number five on my list this week. Uh-huh. He'll almost certainly drop next week. Yeah. I think he'll probably continue to drop as, uh, as, um, as well, time, I was going to say other people may drop too. So goes on. So I don't see him ever getting near the top. Okay, but but Jimma, you mentioned Jimma. That's did what I get gonna, to the top. Yeah, get back to you. now. Was it just me, or was she being a little bit flirtatious? Yes, she was. There was a great episode of Person of Interest last week. Now the hiker was our person of interest in this episode, but other than that, these two shows aren't related. But in Person of Interest. There's a character named John Reese, played by Jesus himself, Jim Caviezel. And he's acting like he's a cop right now. And he is not fitting in. And so he was called in to the counselor for a counseling session because he had had a few too many firings of his weapon while on the in, job. in the field. Yeah. And he showed up early. He brought her coffee. 
He complimented her when she showed up mm-hmm. and she just played right along. And then it got to the end of the counseling session and she says, by the way, don't think that by bringing me coffee, complimenting me and being nice to me that I'm not going to see right through your tactics. Those aren't going to work with me. Dun, dun, dun. And when I saw Jim Fisher doing those same types of things to Carver this week, I'm like, those aren't going to work with him and they're not working with me either. All they're doing is making you seem more suspicious. She's saying, oh, you've got some pills in. I take those too. You and me are the same. See, you, we like this. We, we, we like the same medications, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're the same. And so all she's trying to do is draw suspicion away from herself by putting her on the even playing field with Carver and also trying to be his friend to gain his trust and to dodge or, or deflect uh, any suspicion, suspicion away from her. Hmm. So in and, and that that those actions caused me to vault her. She was already number three, so she, she didn't vault a whole lot. But I just grew very suspicious of her behavior, and uh, and so she's now number one. You know, you may very well be right, uh, but she. So she's number six on my list, mm-hmm. which is pretty far down. Yeah, I think that she's just impulsive. But she, she and Linda also mentioned her impulsive comment. We've talked about how whoever the killer was, it was not premeditated. It was just something that happened. An impulsive act, you could say. She doesn't strike me as the impulsive killer type, though. She doesn't strike me as the impulsive killer type. She strikes me more as the impulsive sleep with Carver and then realize it was a mistake or sleep with Mark and realize it was a mistake. Or sleep with Carver and then have his daughter change your sheets. Ooh. Oh, wait. We're not to that conversation quite yet. We're getting dun, close, though. Dun, dun. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's why she vaulted to number one on okay. my list. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, you, so walk me through mm-hmm. what you think happened with her as the killer. You know, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure because we don't know yet what what Danny was doing. We know that he was out. He was on a skateboard. He was involved with, with possibly some illegal activity. I think, I think Danny was either involved with illegal activity or he was, I think one of three things was happening with Danny. He was involved with illegal activity. He was, he knew of some illegal activity that was going on Mm -hmm. and he, he was caught observing it. That's why he was out that night. He was trying for, for whatever. I don't know why he would want to get himself involved, but he did. And he got wrapped up in it. Or number three, he knew that his dad was sleeping with Gemma and was either going to confront him on it or something. And uh, again, Mark doesn't know. Gemma caught him after Mark had gone or or Gemma circled back and ran into Danny, I'm not sure you know how it would have happened, but this is a scenario that I could see happening. After Mark and Gemma finished, Gemma ran into Danny. Danny confronted her through an accident. Maybe he even tripped or something like that. But he had the blood. You know, we saw the blood the yeah. very first scene of the series. He had the blood dripping from his hand as he overlooked yeah. the cliff. And that's still a mystery to me. We know that happened at the cabin where Mark and, and Gemma were. So... I think it's reason. I think that that puts Gemma and Danny at 
a point of of injury, whether mm-hmm. it's the crime scene, the murder scene, or not. I don't know. So yeah, I don't. It sounded to me like they they hooked up at the hotel and not at the cabin, but I don't know that for sure. But that and, the, that the rendezvous point was near the cabin. Yeah, the that could be the case. You know, uh, if but, if we're to believe them, they also say that it only happened one time. Yeah. And based on what Chloe said, yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen just one time. Yeah, we'll see. Because Chloe wasn't working at three in the morning. No, she probably wasn't working that early the next day. Right. So yeah, hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that my plausible stamp. Okay. I can see Gemma. I can see Danny confronting Gemma. Gemma says, "You know, Danny gets in her face and says, give me money, or I'm gonna tell.'" my mom and it's going to be over for you in this town. That's where the $500 came from. And then Danny comes back and catches them films with the cell phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She picks up the skateboard and he starts running off and she throws it at him. He turns around and hits him in the head. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yep. And then Susan finds the skateboard. Although you would think that kills him. Jimma would have taken the skateboard at that point. Yeah. So there's no, no evidence. Something. Yeah, something, but who knows? So yeah, I don't know why Susan has a skateboard. But anyways, I think it's plausible. So you get okay. a plausible big plausible stamp. All right. Move on. I I appreciate that. Yeah, I expect you to have a walrus mustache next week. Plausible. Hi. And, I'm Jamie. And you have to wear a beret, yeah. Like it. Okay, let's get into uh gosh, where do we want to go next? Do you want to Talk about the Solano family issues. Do you want to save that Let's for last? I mean, they've got lots of issues. Yeah, right? they do. Yeah. Beth. Beth won't get naked in front of Mark. Mm-hmm. She made that abundantly clear. Mark should be getting nervous. Mark should be Mark, asking, why won't my wife get naked in front of me? Should be getting nervous because they had that scene. Mm-hmm. They had the, I don't even know my own family anymore. Mm-hmm. Mark says, I'm sorry. You didn't tell me. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. Beth says about what? Mm-hmm. She says about Chloe. And, honestly, and then Beth gives her the look, gives him the look. Sorry, Beth gives yeah. him the look. Like, that's really the that's thing that the you're thing? sorry about not mm-hmm. telling me. And then she says there better not be any more surprises. And then dead silence for Mark. Yeah. A- another another banner Mark Solano moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Husband of the year award. I don't even think he owed her an apology for Chloe. It would have been nice had he told her, but I can foresee a situation where he got home and Beth was there or Beth got, maybe she wasn't there yet and she got home later and their life is pretty frantic right now. Yeah. Hey, I didn't have time to tell you. I saw them t- together yeah. today. Yeah. So I can give him a pass on that, okay. but so so when he comes up and says, you know, I owe you an apology for this, I'm looking at him the same way she does. Like, that? That's what you're going to apologize that's the for? Thing. Not the cheating. Yeah. Not the running out of our bed last night and, yes. and going and kissing Jimba Fisher. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> After cheating. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean... He might be dense enough to think that she doesn't want to get naked in front of him because of just all that's going on. But I don't think so. I don't think that that would be an issue. Yeah. But I have to say, what a terrible way to learn about Dean. So she finds out yeah. about yeah. Annie yeah. being a klepto. Uh, yeah. And then finds out 
that this drug dealer, eighteen, almost eighteen-year-old boy, is dating her daughter. Yeah, what is what is Danny doing with this eighteen-year-old drug dealer? Who is this guy? Uh, it's, it's my boyfriend, mom. <laughs> what? That's not true. I mean, come on. somebody tell her that's what? Oh. It's true. My uh, son's a klepto. Yeah. My daughter is sleeping with an eighteen-year-old drug dealer. My husband's cheating on me. Yeah. All within like. A week. The ele- well, less than 24 hours of just that. Of just Not that. to mention that Danny's dead, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, we mentioned last week the actress that is, is playing Beth. It's it's worth mentioning again that Virginia it's Cole. Virginia Cole. Yeah. And she's just knocking it lights out. Yeah, she's done great. That last scene there with Mark, and she, she looks like she's about to lose her mind. Yes. And it's for all the reasons you just said. Yeah. I felt my heart breaks for her. I know. I mean, she's to everything that she's known and held yeah. dear is completely. I mean, the only thing that could be worse, A, they're completely broke and Mark hasn't told her. They've got yeah. 12000 And I wouldn't be surprised $30, if $30,000 in credit card date, right, yeah. debt, right? Yeah. Right. And, or either Chloe or Mark are the killer. Or Chloe's pregnant. Yeah. I mean,. There's not really a whole lot else that could happen to Beth. That's There's bad. not really. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I just felt, I feel so bad for her. I think Virginia is just nailing it. And, and, uh, I'm totally believing that, that she is this woman going through all of this terrible, terrible stuff. Yep. Oh man. What a scene up in uh, Chloe's bedroom with, with Mark and Chloe, <laughs> she really lets them have it. Chloe does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just making sure I'm understanding you. Yeah. Yeah. He had it coming, didn't he? Oh yeah. I mean, did. I, I I never approve of of children being disrespectful to their parents, and she was definitely being that way. But having a, a yeah, but he doesn't have a leg to stand on. He has no leg to yeah, stand on. That's right. Yeah. I mean, at least we're smarter than you and mom. We're using condoms. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and by the way, I know that you're cheating on mom. Yeah, yeah. I probably changed your sheets, you dirty, filthy thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, when she even baits him, you know, go ahead and ask me. I know you're wanting to. And he doesn't even like pause. Like she's baiting me. He's just like, okay, fine. Are you sleeping together? He's like, he cannot wait yeah. to get those words out of his, right. his mouth. Ah, oh, man. It's a, it's a family falling apart. It's, a, yeah, here's the thing. It's a family feud. This whole town. <laughs> Sorry. Good. This whole town. I mean, it's easy for us to look at the Solano family and go, oh my gosh. That that family, they had all these secrets when I'm pretty sure they're not the only family with some big old secrets. Yeah, I mean, on. we know Susan Wright's got something that she's holding over Vince. So Vince's uh-huh. got a secret. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Gemma has had the cocaine secret, the SSRI secret. Yeah. Vince, what was going on in the... Owen's mom? Owen, Owen's mom. Owen's mom. mom has got a money problem. Yeah. Which is the Ellie's sister. Came and seduced Owen. She did, yeah, yeah. She's oh, using man. her feminine wiles. Oh my now. goodness! She's got a vagina. She has a vagina. She's terrible. Yeah, and Owen's like, hmm, okay, yeah, it's a pretty attractive vagina. What about <laughs> Vince's skateboard shop scene? Yeah, that was kind of creepy, Tom. wasn't it? Yeah, I mean that was a great commercial break cut. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Your mom know you're here? Nope. Ka-chunk. Yeah. Ka-chunk with the lock on the outside. Yeah. 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 
I don't know. Maybe he's got a skateboard business on the side. Wait, well, I think think he must, yeah. But that obviously means that Danny knows him, right? Because Danny had a skateboard. Yep. So what's going on with Vince? Something nefarious? I think it's another red herring, but look. I mean, the fact fact that he would ask, does your mom know you're here? Yeah. And then instead of saying, well, go tell her Uh or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know seem kind of shady to me yeah we've got a good feedback on that so i'll i'll uh i'll save that for just a minute here i'm trying to think if i want to go ahead and play it i tell you what um let's let's wait because the other thing that tom does that's weird is goes through ellie's bag while they're having that's right dinner or preparing ice cream and then memorizes the phone number for lars and then looks it up on the map like he's going to go visit him yeah exactly which may be what Danny was doing, uh-huh. which maybe what happened to him before he died. Good possibility. He was going out of town. So, mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, that's a possibility, which right. would put Lars back near the top of the suspect list. But I still don't think so. I don't think Lars is is our killer. Okay. All right, but there's something else that happened in that scene while Tom is is rifling through his mom's uh, purse or or briefcase whatever you want to call that and that is that joe wants carver to come over for dinner joe miller joe miller ellie's wife ellie's husband ellie's husband he's a good house husband he's been a great house husband been very supportive done everything that she's wanted him to do Mm -hmm. supported her uh emotionally as much as he could uh physically around the house as much as as possible Let's her let's her know that, that he still thinks she's sexy and attractive and all that stuff like she's, a good husband should. That's right. Oh totally, yeah. totally deflecting any type of attention away from him because he could be the killer. Could be. He moved up big time you for think? me this week. He's now number two. Wow. Number two. He really moved up a lot. On my list. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I can see, but you have to keep in mind that they got back from vacation mm-hmm. that day. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, I mean, he, they would basically have to arrive that night, mm-hmm. late that night, and he'd have to go out and kill Danny immediately, which means that it would be probably premeditated. I don't know that we know that what time of day they got back, do we? We don't even know. We know that that was our first day back at work, and she said we got in. Yesterday or last night. I'd have to something. go back and look at that scene. I know what scene you're talking about in the, in the pilot when Mark does his stroll through through the town. Um, and I had forgotten about that scene. So I, I'll go back and rewatch that. That may have a significant impact on Joe. I just, you know, it was again, I, I'm reading things in here uh, because I'm, I've, my goal has, has been to not buy any of the obvious clues. And so here I'm like, why does Joe want Carver to come? Maybe it's because he feels that Ellie is not thinking with her head as much as her heart. And so she's probably not going to be the one that's going to catch the killer. Now, she's going to be a good source for information. But if I really want to get a bead on what's going on, I need to have, I need to have Carver come. I need, to, I need to have a conversation with Carver. But I got to do that in a way where I'm or he won't suspect me, too. And so this is the way to have Carver come over talk about the case and I can get a beat on him. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I didn't get, I didn't, 
You're doing a good job, Daryl. I'll say that. You're suspecting everyone. Like, Well, that's the other thing, Clint. Like that's the tagline. Suspect everyone. Who's the last person that Ellie would suspect? Someone in her own home. Uh, the reporter. No. That came in from out of town. Well. Carver. I think she would I think she would suspect those people before Could her be own Carver. husband. Her own husband. It would be another representative or another family. The the Solano family is a is a representation of many other households in Grace Point. That there are secrets to be had and families will be shattered when those secrets are revealed. Yeah. And the Miller family could be one of those as well. Yeah, I don't know. It to me it felt like you know, oh I'm so tired of hearing Ellie whine about this guy. <laughs> Let's just have him over for dinner. And it can't it, be that bad. It could be nothing more than that, man. I'm totally reading what I want into this. I just it caught me and I thought I'm gonna go ahead and you know, him up. Suspect it's, everyone. It's the same thing I'm sure your wife did, my wife does. Right? Oh uh, this person at work. Well that you know, well they can't be that bad. Why don't you go have lunch with them? No, we don't. Get, we don't. <laughs> I'm like, if they know you that bad, stay away from. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I don't. I don't think that I would be like Joe and say, "Hey, let's have them over for dinner." No, I mean, my wife always encourages me to play play nice with others. Yeah, I I don't have a. I won't disagree with that, but I'm just saying I'm not going to invite them over for dinner. Yeah, it's the boss, though, right? You you invite the boss over for dinner, and you're trying to make a good impression. Hopefully, hoping that it'll ease some tensions. I don't know. Okay. All right. We'll know. see. I'm just not that nice of a person. I we'll guess. see. We'll see at the end of this series who is yeah. right and who is dead. Next week we'll mark the halfway point. Hard to Already? believe. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's 10 episodes. What? I know. Halfway. Yeah. Halfway. Oh, uh, okay. Well, look, we said it at the beginning of this episode. We're halfway there. Whoa. Living on a grace point. Trying to catch the murderer. All right. I will say that Miller trying to ask Carver over for dinner was hilarious. Yeah. Do you think he was, was he just playing like he was, was he playing dumb or was he actually being that dumb? Yes. Yes. I think he. (laughs) (laughs) For a detective. I mean, he is a man with a single focus. Uh huh. He is. You're right. His the only thing he cares about, and this was again clear with the uh, with the tape, right? Yes. Oh, yes. The only thing he cares about is solving this case. Yep. Doesn't matter how many bridges he burns along the way. He's only in it for solving this case. Yep. No matter how many bridges, how many trails of dead and bridges he burns along the way, it's only interesting. Zoolander? No. Okay. I'm surprised I didn't get that because I, I I do like me some Zoolander, but no, wasn't. it wasn't it wasn't a very good quote actually. Okay. It, it was a bad paraphrase of a bad paraphrase of Zoolander. Anyways, that's it. That's a single focus. Yeah. He would put the victim's family through Hades. <laughs> yeah. If it meant that he could solve the crime 15 minutes sooner. Yeah. And yeah, is exactly right. Yeah. Well, and I think he also wanted to prove a point. They're griping because we're not sharing everything with them. Do they not realize that we're doing them a favor by not sharing everything with them? Fine. Let's share everything with them. Happy now, suckers? I think that he felt that way too. Okay, which is true. But at the same time, (laughs) isn't it better 
to have the people, the victims, be mad at you and still be doing the right thing. Yes. Which is something that he didn't care about, right? He right. didn't have the common decency to do. Right. So in his mind, the dinner thing is, okay, I mean, I guess it's not going to take that much time away from the case. Right. I'll do it. I don't understand why I'm doing it because it's not going to help me solve the case any faster since you didn't kill Danny, right? Unless Tom did and Tom gives it away somehow while they're eating dinner. Yeah. We'll see. Yes. We will see. What's going to happen is Carver's going to go visit the restroom to, to produce a number two. And he's going to pull a book off the back of the toilet. And it's going to say, from DS to TM. Mm -hmm. To my other favorite TM. Right, my other favorite TM. That's right. Yeah. And then it'll take two seasons, which we won't get with this show, but he'll figure out what it means. And the next thing you know, he's getting buried in the desert. I like it. All right, closing thoughts and questions. Oh, we still have a feedback to play, don't we? Um, we do. We haven't played Barb's yet. I yes. want to definitely want to play that. Let's do that right now. Dean, last week's suspect of the week, said something interesting this week. He said that he hadn't seen Tom and Danny hanging out and that Danny said that no one really knew him. Now, the families thought that they were best friends, but what if the only reason they were together was because they were working for the same team? I feel more strongly that these two kids were lookouts for cocaine runners coming up the coast from San Francisco and that they were doing it for Nature Man Jack. Vince is likely part of the ring and is not the killer because Tommy wasn't scared of him and because Tommy walked out of the workman's shed in one piece. I think that Tommy looked at his mom's notebook to see who the new lead suspect was, and he did it at the direction of whomever was texting him as he sat at his dinner table. He memorized the phone number, completed the phone reverse lookup, and got Crazy Hiker's address. My guess is that Tommy has been instructed to plant evidence at this guy's cabin so that Crazy Hiker dude becomes the main suspect, gets arrested, and coke runs go back to normal. Think about it. With the police crawling around, no one could possibly be running coke now, and that's a problem for our criminal ring. What do you think? I'd really like the theory. I have one, one issue with it. Okay. I believe, I watched it twice, mm-hmm. and I tried to look. I believe that Tom at the dinner table had a blue Nintendo DS and not a phone. Uh, I believe you are correct with that. Um, can you text with those or not? No. No? Okay. I wasn't sure. I think you're right that he had a DS and not a phone. But otherwise, I think it's a great theory. Mm-hmm. I like it. Well, Tom is definitely involved with something. We don't know yet what it is or who, it's, who it is that he's involved with it. It feels a little bit... Mm-hmm much for an 11 year old in in the town like grace point to be a spotter for a cocaine dealer yeah but we know danny has a bunch of money right we don't know how he got it right maybe tom has a bunch of money we Mm -hmm. don't know how he got it right that's how i got that ds could be probably not i think your parents would probably notice that yeah oh where'd that ds come from yeah i found it on the street (laughs) in a box yeah yeah could be yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good thought, Barb. I like it. Yep. All right. All right. Shall we move on? Any Let's uh, closing thoughts. You know what? Mark had a thought on Vince and Susan. Uh, let's listen to what he had to say about Vince that. Vince and Susan. I'm really curious about Vince and Susan's connection. That dinner she had prepared almost looked like it was supposed to be a romantic meal. 
Sorry, I just had a shiver run up my spine. Because I don't think they're related. Because when Tom went to see Vince, he said that his mom said he was in the shed. And I'm sure Tom didn't go to the trailer park to ask for that. Yeah, you know, I thought that maybe it was his mom too. I didn't pick up on the fact that, you know, she... Tom did just say he just asked his mom, yeah. and, and that was not at the trailer park. So, right. yeah. What is their relationship then? Do you think they're related somehow? I don't. I, I don't anymore. I think she's blackmailing him. In I, some way. There's got to be some sort of yeah. That, that's, that's the only thing that makes sense. That's what makes sense to me. Okay. All right. All right. Let's move in to closing thoughts, questions. Do you have anything for next week? Who burned the boat? Who burned the boat? The, the killer. killer. That was the boat that he was murdered in. Why did he or, burn the boat? Or taken to the beach in. I think it's probably the one he took Danny to the beach in. Mm-hmm. Or, or she. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if it was also murdered in the boat, but his Could body be. was definitely transported in that yes. boat. We just don't know who set it on fire. Yeah, we did see him at the top of the cliff bleeding, right? Right. So but That was by the cabin. Right. So my thought is he probably got murdered up in the cabin and then mm-hmm. taken out of the boat, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't either. I don't know. I mean, anybody in that town could, could have access to a boat. It doesn't narrow it down at all in my in my mind. So let me ask you a question, Daryl. Mm-hmm. You get mad at Danny. Yeah. You let's just say that you say that you whack him in the head. You feel for a pulse. You can't feel a pulse correctly. Mm-hmm. You think that he's not pulse worthy. Okay. So you're like, oh no, what did I do? What did I do? I need to make it look like an accident. You put Danny in the boat. Danny wakes up. What do you do? I'd probably whack him again. Would you? You probably. What would you do? I don't know. I didn't kill you. Let's not tell anybody about this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going to tell everybody. No, you're not. Black. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably what would happen. Yeah. I just got, Daryl to admit that he would commit murder. Yeah, well, only if it's a a twelve year old boy that I'd already tried to kill once. Okay, and he that's came, true. came back around. It's a good thing you don't know any twelve year old children. Yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, you ready for some Twitter action? Let's do it. All right. So this week's Grace Point Twitter poll question was: What was the biggest new evidence for you this week? This week. Don't give me last week's evidence. This week's stuff. We don't want any of that old stale evidence. That's right. You know, I've, I just felt like there were so many new yep. directions we could go this week. So I, I felt like that was a, hopefully, I felt like it was a good question to ask anyway. It's a good one. Yeah. So Tangier 14, which is Barb, she says, the biggest evidence for the force was crazy hiker dude. Yep. Biggest evidence for me was that Tommy wasn't afraid of Vince. I like that. Mm-hmm. J Nails 83 says the biggest piece of evidence has to be the hiker and his involvement in the town. He has to be more than just a guy passing through town. Hmm. I think he is just a guy passing through town. Okay. Personally. Okay. But we'll find out probably next week. Okay. Yep. Don't you think? Um, I don't know if we'll find that out next week, but he'll be part of the story next week. I think the hiker is going to get resolved next week. Okay. Um, Jenkins Rose says the hiker met Beth and commented on her photo. I think hiker is a red herring. He's troubled, not necessarily violent. Yeah. I mean, that's not an uncommon thing. Yeah. Right. Right. 
you see a young, obviously a mom in mm-hmm. there. It's a common thing to say, oh, those are kids. They're cute kids, yep. right? Exactly right. You're just being nice. Just being polite. Yep. And the last response is from Solo Talk Media, which is Mark. He says, I think the fact that Danny knew Dean enough to hang out with him when his parents didn't even know about Dean. That's That was really compelling too, wasn't it? Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's surprising at all that siblings would know things that the parents did not. No. I'm quite sure that's no. happened in my house. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I know sure that it's it happened, happened in mine, and my kids aren't that old. Yeah, so. and I know my my brother and I, we were teaming together all the time to hide stuff teaming from and my scheming. parents. That's right. <laughs> so it could just be that, but awesome. it's interesting anyway. All right, Daryl, let's go through your suspect list. Okay, well, I revealed already that yes. Jim Fisher is number my number one. one. Yep. You also revealed Joe was number two. Now, I think last week you had Dean Iverson as numero uno. Yes, I did. I had Dean number one. Vince was two. Jimma was three. Uh, of course, Joe was way down there. Joe was actually 11, one spot away from being scratched off the list. I know. Yeah. And now he's, man, what a jump. Yeah, he really did. I I just, those two scenes were really suspicious to me. And I, I, I put a lot of weight into those scenes. So Dean just slipped down between the beneath, beneath those two. In fact, that's all I did, really. Uh, I, I just moved those two up. Everyone else moved down okay. two slots. So Hugo's still number five. We didn't get to mm-hmm. see Hugo this week. Nope. He didn't botch any crime scenes. It's good. Or evidence. Yeah. This week. Now, Lars, I did slot him in. I at slotted him in at number nine uh, where I felt like he belonged. Uh, Kathy Eaton is still uh, almost, down there. Almost crossed off. Reverend Paul is at number 11. See? Okay. He's creepy and weird, but not a killer. Okay. I'm, and I, you know, part of that is, please don't do the stereotype I know, trope I know. of making the priest the bad right. guy. But we'll see. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, uh, the psychic, number 10, right. Raymond. Yeah. So I'm going to count up from number five on mine. Okay. And then we'll go back and fill in the bottom. How's that sound? Whatever you want to do, man. All right. So still crossed off my list are Renee, Beth, and Emmett. Okay. And you you also have Renee crossed off your list. I do. There were several people. Uh, let's see. She got a vote. Renee got one vote. I could see. I might have to uncross her off my list. Really? Yes. Okay. I think she's manipulative and, uh, and always looking for an angle, but I don't think she's a killer. You don't? No. I mean, the one the one reason that I keep coming back to that she couldn't possibly be the killer is because she acted surprised at the newspaper mm-hmm. in San Francisco. But San Francisco probably isn't that far. I don't think it's that far. And, you know, she could have a personal vendetta against Carver for botching it. She could have found a kid and killed the kid just to get Carver fired because he botched the other ones. But anyway, she's still crossed off the list. Let's not talk about that. So from five, Lars Pearson. Okay. The backpacker. I expect him to fall far next week off the list. Susan Wright. Tom Miller. Okay. Is number three. Number two, Reverend Paul Coates. Number two, huh? Okay. Number two. All right. He's two from my bottom that's not yet crossed off <laughs> yes right so we've got him in an opposite spot the number one spot for me is dean's uncle 
Dean's uncle. Dean's Dean's uncle. uncle. I got to tell you, Clint, uh, that never even crossed my mind. I did add Lars to the yes. to the prime suspect poll this week. Now, but the uncle never crossed my mind. So, I took a little bit different tack this week. This week, my suspect list is if this was the penultimate episode, mm-hmm. who do I think did it? So previously, I I had Kathy Eaton. Yeah, you've been riding the Kathy. Kathy's number nine on my list. We haven't even seen her. No, she's been gone for like two or three episodes now. Right. So I guess two. Pa- part of this is odds. Mm-hmm. This is odds that I'm playing. My th- my thought is I I don't really think that any of these people, ex- with the exception of maybe Dean's uncle, okay, or the actual killer. I think it's going to be somebody that we haven't got any... I mean, just the way that the whole thing is going to play out. I think that it's going to be somebody that we haven't had any suspicion cast on yet. Any major suspicion. Okay. All right. Well, I, I agree with that, with the major suspicion. But I think that you're a premature in treating this like the penultimate episode. We're we're right here in the middle of the... of the you know We're, we're in act two of a, of a three-act play. We're, in, we're not even in Act 2. I mean, I guess just starting we're Act We're ending two, right? Act 1. Yes. Yeah, so... So, but I can't I can't come in here and justify Kathy Eden being at the top of my list anymore. Well, there's not been any direct uh, uh, suspicion placed upon her. And wasn't that what you were looking at? Yeah, or vice versa, right? Right. Do you remember right. when we did the French podcast and I kept saying that Astrid was the mole? Yeah, yeah. I remember those days. And And five seasons later... She was not the mole. And my primary evidence, there wasn't anything to tell me that she wasn't a mole. <laughs> right? I can't do that with the show. No, it's a little bit different. It here. is It is because a little bit different. We, we didn't even know if there was a mole. That's true. You know? So we know that somebody killed right. Danny. There is a killer. You know, the problem I have with Dean's uncle, as much as I love that, is I would be a little bit disappointed if the killer ends up being a, a person that they didn't even tell us about until four episodes in. You know, I would. They mentioned it in the first episode. The uncle? Yes. Dean's uncle? Yes. When did he get mentioned in the first episode? Or maybe it's the second episode. When him and Chloe are sitting at the docks after Danny dies mm-hmm. and the police had found the cocaine mm-hmm. and Chloe is saying they found the cocaine. And Dean freaks out and says, You can't say anything. My uncle will kill me. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And that was in, that was in the pilot. I thought that was in the pilot. Or was it? it was, or maybe it's, I think it was episode two. It might have been episode two. Well, uh, okay, maybe that may get you a pass on that. So, anyways, moving on down my list, six is Gemma. Okay, seven is now Dean. Mm-hmm. Vince has moved to number eight. Kathy Eaton's number nine. Jack Reinhold, ten. Mark Solano is eleven. Raymond, twelve. Joe Miller, thirteen. Owen, Hugo, Chloe, and Ellie round out the bottom. And I've still got Renee, Beth, and Emma Carver crossed off the list. Okay. Well, let's take a look at the prime suspect poll. There's been a lot of, we got a lot of new votes this week. A lot of of good developments. So last week, and this is a cumulative poll. So, you know, again, it's worth repeating. I think that Tom Miller got a lot of votes after that first week and but has not been getting a lot of as many votes, new votes each week. So he's finally been dethroned from the top of the list. He's now at number two. That's right. And Dean of all things. Yeah. Is is number one this week. Yeah. So he went from fourth place to first place. 
which is crazy. Yeah. Because I thought this episode did a pretty good job of kind of eliminating him from suspicion. Well, I did too. But I mean, at the same time, he was the center of attention in this episode. So people can interpret, you know, like I said, he has an alibi, but I don't think it's an alibi that's, that's airtight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Dean went from, he, he had, um, what, eight votes last week. He has 12 now. Right. Tom uh, only got one. Yeah, more jumped vote. up one vote. Yeah, he got went from eight to nine, Paul? which he had some suspicious suspicion yeah. activity. Yeah, Paul took a big jump too this week. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I don't remember what he had last week. But last it week eight. he had three votes. Yeah, so he's got eight. Yep. Was he the largest mover? Uh, I I did the math. He had five votes. Sorry, now he has eight, so he got okay. three this okay. week. Yeah, sorry. Um, let's see. Who's Vince. Next? Vince. His next was six votes. He had four last week. Mark and Gemma are tied with five. Mark and Gemma with five. Let's see. Gemma had three last week. And Mark. I think he had five, didn't he? He didn't move at all. Yeah, he had he had five. Yep. So he got zero new votes. Okay. Susan, right. Number seven. Uh, she has four. She had three last week, so she got one new vote. Kathy Eaton. Kathy Eaton uh, was two last week, and I'm assuming you didn't vote for her this week. I did not vote for her this week. Okay. Who did you vote for since Dean's uncle isn't on the poll? I voted for Paul. Okay. All right. Interesting. Too bad you're wrong. We'll see. Uh, Who's next? Uh, Raymond? Raymond Connolly has three. Okay, he had two last week. Okay, and then we've got a four-way tie between Ellie, Joe... Owen and Chloe. And these are pretty low on the list. Yeah. They got two votes. They all, all got one this week, except for Joe. Um, He didn't get any new votes. He was at two last week. He's still at two. Of course, I voted for Gemma and not Joe. Right. Yeah. So Hugo, Renee, and Jack all have one. Mm-hmm. Beth, Carver, and Lars Pearson all have none, which I would have thought Lars Pearson would have gotten at least one vote this week. I would have too. I, I put him on... I put him on the poll, um, I think Friday morning. I, you know, I watched the episode Friday morning or Friday afternoon. So, uh, we'll see next, by this time next week, I bet you he has at least a couple of votes. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Unless they eliminate him. Yeah. Right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So So if you want to participate in the poll, we would love for you to do that and throw in your vote each week. Go over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash prime suspect and cast your vote and we'll, uh, Keep them going. All right. All right. Um, let's see. We have a couple other feedbacks about some of the other listeners uh, who they thought. Boy, I'm struggling. Uh, we, we do have some other thoughts from some of the listeners on their prime suspect. Let's listen to Mark's. There were so many clues and so many misdirections thrown at us this week that I'm just going to go over my list of characters and who I rule out, who I'm not sure, and who I think could be the prime suspects. At this point, I've completely ruled out Kathy, the newspaper editor, Hugo, the CSI guy, Rainey, the newspaper reporter, Beth, the mother, and of course, Ellie and Emmett, the two detectives. In my I don't think they did it, but they aren't ruled out list, I have Mark, Chloe, Owen, Tom, and Gemma, the inn owner, which leaves possible suspects of Jack, Susan, Dean, Joe Miller, Reverend Paul, Vince, and Raymond the Cable Guy. I thought I had it all figured out after the first three episodes, but episode four left me so confused. So even though this episode did give us a lot of clues to exonerate Dean, I'm going to 
still stick with him as my prime suspect for no other reason than I don't know who else to turn to. I'm loving this show. It's become this fall's keystone for me. And the only one this fall, I actually count the days until it airs again. Yeah. Wow, that's saying a lot. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah. Dean's is number one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can see that. I like because Mark had such a great theory early on. I like that he's back at going, I don't I don't really know anything, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. You know, that's that's one of the keystones of a great show, a great mystery show. Yeah. You know, it's one of those shows that you can just, everybody has a theory. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you have to say, I don't know where we're going, but I'm excited to get there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And there've been a couple of shows. They get to a, you know, a point halfway through the mystery and you're like, oh, just hurry up and tell me who it is already. Yeah. I, I'm definitely not there with this. No, show. I, I love watching it play out yeah. and play along. Right now. Yeah. I may be there episode eight or nine. We'll have to see. Yeah. But. But not. I'm encouraged that you say that it's taking a different turn now than me too. I really church. am, which means that you know we've at least diverted now. Whether or not they'll come together at the end, I don't know. But, but yeah, I I like that there's a difference now. Good, good. It's deal. making it much more exciting for me. So, all right. And, oh, and we should also mention that Barb, when she called in, she wrote or she said that she still is considering Pastor Paul her prime suspect. Tim Paul. Yeah. Which is your number two, so you and Bob are almost on the same page right there. Yep. Agreed. All right. All right. So, Daryl. Yeah? People want to get a hold of us and talk about this show. I hope they do. And maybe I shouldn't say people. I should say person wants uh-huh. to get a hold of us and talk about this show. <laughs> There's only one left now. There's only one left. No. Uh, maybe after this podcast there will be. Uh, so, if they want to get a hold of us, how can they do that? What's they, the best way? Yeah, the best way is to go over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. You can upload an audio file, type out your contribution, or of course you could call the Golden Spiral Media Voice Feedback Line, which is 304-837-2278. They can also go, Daryl, on the feedback page uh-huh. to the crack pipe. <laughs> it's the little glass tube there that they just put just a single gram. Uh-huh. They just deposit a single gram digitally into that. And then it, it takes them into their voice feedback, and they give a very excited voice feedback for the show. They only do it once, though. Just once. You can only do it once. Only do it once. That's time. right. That's right. There is a limit. I will mention that the deadline is Sunday at noon Eastern. After that, we don't accept any feedback. For this episode, chances are very slim, as in shady, mm-hmm. that you're going to be included in the following week because we get so much feedback for this show. True. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook.com slash groups slash... Grace Point Revealed. There's always a good conversation going on there right before, right after the show. Check that out. Uh, Twitter.com slash Grace Point GSM. Daryl will send out, of course, the Twitter question of the week using the hashtag Spinny Beach Ball. Oh, I'm sorry. Hashtag GP Twits. Very nicely done. Well, thanks for tuning into the uh, podcast this week. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue our journey through Grace Point to figure out who killed Danny Solano. And until that time, remember, it is never a good idea to lecture someone on the principles found in the Ten Commandments while breaking another one of them. And always remember to invite your bosses for dinner. <laughs>